Hey you guys, it's your host Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today's conversation is one I'm really excited to share with you. It is a double birth story. We have an emergency C-section and a successful VBAC, which both are incredible stories. I hope you will learn a couple new things about what both of those experiences entail. And then we also talk a lot about Kenzie's postpartum experience. This is something that I will always be open about and say that I don't think it gets enough attention. So I'm really, really grateful for Kenzie being willing and open to sharing her story because I think we can all learn and grow from it and become better advocates for ourselves. She is fantastic. I hope you love this episode. Tune in and let's get educated together. kind of starts in high school. I had some female issues um, and when I graduated high school I ended up having surgery because I had a um, it's called a hymen and it was completely closed. So I had surgery to fix that. Um, And did you figure that out just by like having gone to the doctor or did something else in your life kind of lead you to think like maybe I need to get something checked out? I was never able to use a tampon. It oh, would okay. I couldn't Yeah, I just never could. Yeah, mm-hmm. and find out that the hole was only about the size of a pin. So there nothing was ever going to yeah, go in there. Go in there. <laughs> <laughs> um some people have that surgery as a like an elective surgery mm-hmm. to help it so when you get married yeah, they things say just are easier. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they told me that oh, you're lucky you had to have this surgery. Um, It will be so great when you get married. And then a year later, I got married and had many, many issues. (laughs) You're like, I thought my problems were solved. (laughs) Why did I have that surgery? (laughs) Um, So I ended up doing pelvic physical therapy for about 10 months. And if you don't know what that entails, it really is laying on a table while a therapist internally massages massage. your muscles yes much, right? so it's a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> um i kind of got comfortable having everything out there pretty soon so yeah. um and once those issues were fixed we got pregnant shortly after with uh our daughter and while i was while i got pregnant i was actually working my dream job which was a scrub tech in labor and delivery which I I was telling her like you guys you don't understand scrub techs run the whole floor they're amazing so next time you have your baby literally hug your tech because they do more work than pretty much anyone oh the nurses are great too okay Um, nurses are pretty cool (laughs) but the techs are fantastic 
but you're working your dream job. Yes. Um, and I think I kind of went into pregnancy a little overconfident. Because you're like, I see this all the time. Yeah. Okay. But in labor and delivery, you only see the labor and delivery. You don't see the whole pregnancy, the nine months, like everything they went through. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to experience, you know, I didn't have a terrible pregnancy with my do- with my daughter, but I still felt like it was kind of hard. I was pretty nauseous, and mm-hmm. um, I ended up going back to pelvic physical therapy because I my hips were hurting so bad I could barely walk at work, oh and I gosh. ended up having to either be a huck, um, which if you don't know what that is, it's usually the person that greets you when you walk in on the floor and they kind of run the the floor by the computer. Yeah. Um, so I did that a lot, which my coworkers were great to let me kind yeah, of how nice that they were kind down. of able to like mm-hmm. fit you into a new spot, you know, yeah. unless you keep working. Yeah. So that was really, really nice. Um, I was so excited to have my baby, and I always, I'm really close with my mom, so I was really excited to have my husband and my mom there, and it was just going to be this perfect thing. I was bringing in a little baby girl. I always dreamed to have a girl first. All the things you'd hoped yes, for. Yes, yes. Did then, you have, like, a pretty specific birth plan, given that you'd seen so many births, or was it just kind of like, I know who I want there? Yeah, so I'm I had excited. chose my doctor. And when you work in labor and delivery, you usually get to choose your nurses. Oh, amazing. Um, so I had, I had a handful of people picked. Yeah. Um, really, I was fine with anybody, but I had a handful of people picked. And um, some of the people that I did pick happened to be there because I went into labor. But two weeks before I went into labor, COVID started. So it kind of shut the whole world down. And for a little bit, we were really worried that my husband wasn't even going to be able to be there at the birth of our first daughter. It was scary. Um, he was able to be there, but I was really bummed because my mom wasn't there. Mm. And I've always just wanted my mom. I'm the only girl. Um, my husband's an only child, so it was oh like, my gosh. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I just felt I really wanted my mom there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, what I did is when I'm my water broke, and I immediately started contracting, and I wanted to, and my mom kind of met me at the house to say, you know, give me a hug and good luck. Yeah. And then we we left. And my labor was great. I, I waited until I was about a six dilated to get an epidural. I always planned okay. to get an epidural. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I did because everything was great until it wasn't. <laughs> which you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it about. always happens so quick. <laughs> yes. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so three separate times, my daughter's heart rate dropped. Um, every time I contracted, it she would just, she would tank, and then they would give me, um, they gave, they turbed me three times. So I felt, uh, I felt okay. pretty, pretty crummy. Yeah, I'm sure you felt horrible. <laughs> yeah, like blood pressure lower than 60 over 40, like, I was like, what is oh going gosh, on? I felt like I was on a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like on the verge of passing out pretty much. Yes. Girl. Um, so that happened three times. And with the third time, it took her a long time to recover. And they said, if this happens again, it will be a very big emergency. And you, you know what we're talking about. So we need to go back and do a C-section. We don't want your baby to 
be injured in any way. So is this just safer for the both of you? So that's what we did. I was very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I should I should have gone in with the mindset of knowing that things change very quickly. But I was like, no, I work here. I'm not going to have the C-section. I'm the one that do, does the C-sections. You're I like, don't I'm get the, the C-sections. Like, I don't get this. <laughs> so... Within 10 minutes, I was back in the OR, um, and the whole time during my labor, my epidural wasn't quite working. I got redosed a couple times, and I still, like, I felt everything. The pain was gone mostly in my belly, but I felt like the pain moved to my butt, and so, like, it was just all in my butt. Yeah. And then when we got in to the OR, and I was dosed for the c-section um you know they test your belly when with um kind of some pokey tweezers Mm -hmm. and they they pinch you and i was like i can feel that and they're like well no it's just pressure and if you've had a c-section you know what i'm talking about the anesthesia doesn't take away pressure it just takes away pain but i felt pinchy i didn't feel like tugging Mm -hmm. and um, they started cutting, and I was like, you know, that stings, that really hurts. Oh my gosh. And within a couple minutes, I was really freaking out. <laughs> You're like, I can feel you. Yeah, I can, I can feel all of this. But I was also very adamant that I wanted to see everything. I was like, I've seen inside millions of other bellies. I want to see inside my, my belly. Yeah. So I had a mirror, okay. and I watched the whole thing up until after my daughter was out. Then we took the mirror away. But, um, so I was like watching it and I was like, I can literally feel that cut and I can feel that they kind of pull on you and it, it rips it like in a natural way instead of cutting it. It's, it's better for your body to heal. So when they were pulling on me, I was like, I can really feel that. Mm-hmm. And I, they couldn't give me anything until my daughter was out for the pain because it will go sh- straight, straight to the baby. To the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... She came out, and thankfully, she was pink and screaming, and she literally hasn't stopped screaming since. (laughs) (laughs) She's a very spunky baby. Um, So our sweet little Mabel was born, and she she did great. She was in the NICU for just a couple minutes just to kind of clean her off and wrap her up and get her weighed, and then she was brought back, and my husband held her. But in that time, I was given, I'm not even sure what it was, but I was given something to relax me, and I don't remember anything. Okay. So that was... Totally zonked. Yeah. So besides, like, filling everything, I was then forgot everything after she was born. And so I think both of those two things together made it traumatic. For sure. Um, Just kind of being out of it. And then... While I guess I was out of it, I wouldn't have known, my husband was, I think he was just very stressed. So he almost passed out. So he's on the ground. And my sweet nurse, who is one of my friends, was snuggling my baby, which was great because I knew that she was, she was being loved on and it was, it was fine. Um, My C-section went great. Um, Aside from you being able to kind of feel it. Yeah, everything. I didn't bleed anymore. I did labor for 16 hours. So, of course, they worry about um, possible hemorrhaging. But I didn't really bleed too much. So it was good that way. Um, 
we were then, when you have a C-section, you're in the hospital a little bit longer. And my husband couldn't leave the hospital. So it was just us for three days. And they also shut the nursery down. So just you and babe. and Yeah. So it was like we were just exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted a little break from the baby so I could just like sleep for like a half hour. And it just, it didn't ever work. And so I was so tired. And I, being stubborn, I guess, I declined any pain meds. I just wanted Tylenol and ibuprofen because the last time I had any narcotics, I got super nauseous. Okay. I was like, I was already nauseous for nine months. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> so I declined that. Um, and I would not recommend that because <laughs> once um, the spinal kind of wore off, um, that's when the pain really hit me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I had the gas pain in my shoulders, yeah. which is just like the worst thing. Yeah. It was like so uncomfortable. You couldn't move and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know about that, Mm-mm. truthfully. No. Nobody anticipates that like their shoulder is going to hurt worse than their incision. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But I feel like that's a very common thing is that women are like, why why, why my am I hurt? killing like this yeah. is crazy this hurts more than my belly you know and just to like help people understand what that is it's just when they cut you open obviously the air from the environment like gets in your body and it just gets trapped as you get sewn back up and has to like move out eventually mm-hmm. but it does just like get stuck up there and make you very uncomfortable yeah like in your belly you're like okay i'm kind of used to that but like a gas pain in your shoulders is so yeah that threw me off i kind of was expecting it because i had heard all my patients talk about it but i was like i did not think it was going to be that bad (laughs) you're like i thought you're being dramatic (laughs) (laughs) so it the the hospital stay was a little rough i was trying to like control my pain the whole time Mm -hmm. I was really fortunate, though, that my baby nursed right away. She was, like, surprising everybody by just sleeping. She was the best sleeper. Oh, what a gift. She was a – she's not now, but (laughs) she was an amazing sleeper when she was a baby up until she was about one. She just always slept through the night. Oh, my gosh. And she gained weight just – perfectly like it was it that was a blessing itself so that I didn't have to worry about her in that way I just kind of worried about my pain and yeah controlling that so once we got that under control I was like okay my pains are in control I want to go home so I kind of went home a little bit sooner than but my doctor was like with the world and circumstances that we're in like I think it just would be better if you go home you'll you'll be more comfortable so went home and I kind of knew about baby blues, but I, I didn't know much. But then I started feeling just so sad. And I, I'm a big person where I say Google's my best friend. So I was Googling everything. I yeah. was like, why do I feel this way? And um, it was talking about baby blues. And it said, well, if you feel like this after two weeks and it gets worse, then you need to talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. So I was just so anxious to get to two weeks to be like, okay, it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept getting worse and worse. And I have never felt depressed. I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know what people, what it meant when people said I was so depressed and I couldn't, I couldn't physically move. I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just stayed in bed all the time. Like the thought of even getting up to 
get myself ready was so overwhelming it would just I would just freeze Mm -hmm. and I would just I would just lay in bed and I would do nothing and I was just so sad and I was like what is wrong and then it just started getting worse and then I started feeling like why am I here so and I that really really scared me and I'm thankful that I was able to feel comfortable enough with my husband where I immediately said I was like Matt there's something wrong like my brain's saying that I I don't want to be here Mm -hmm. so the next day uh, my mom and my husband helped me get a hold of my doctor and we talked and then he had me come in and we chatted a little bit he gave me some medicine um, some kind of antidepressant. I don't I don't remember which one. I've been through a ton of different ones to find the right one. Yeah, because that's a challenge too. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. Game. Yeah, and then it, when you're nursing, it's you kind of limited as well. Yeah. And so it makes things a little complicated, but there's, there's still really good um, medications out there. Yeah. So um, I got onto that, and I still wasn't feeling good. And my doctor said, you need, just need to see a therapist. I think that will help. So I did, and because of COVID and everything being shut down, and also when I got home, I felt like I didn't have really a support as well because I was so scared to have anybody come over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where I was at, where I just felt very, very alone. And I was really excited to have like my family and my friends come over and meet my baby, and nobody wanted to leave their house. They, we were all just scared because this was just two or three weeks after COVID started. So it was all very new. Um, And I tried a therapist and it was over Zoom and I I did not like it. I tried it a couple times and I was like this, I don't think this is helping. Mm -hmm. So I called my doctor again. I said, this isn't helping. I really, I'm really, really struggling here. I was like, I have this beautiful baby. She's great. She's she's so easy. She's nursing. She's sleeping. Like, what do I have to complain about? Mm-hmm. And um, I just, and my doctor said, well, I do have this clinic that I've suggested to a lot of patients. I don't know if they've all gone, but maybe you should try this. So I was like, well, why not? I'm desperate at this point. And they were actually letting you come in. And I was like, I think this will be better. So... I went in and I had my evaluation done with a therapist who, to this day, is still my therapist. Um, I love it. I think <laughs> she's amazing. amazing. Yes. Because with like any doctor, but especially like a therapist and a gynecologist, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. an OB and your therapist, once you like find the one that fits, yes. it's like you want to marry them. <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Like, never leave, never stop doing this because I yeah, need you. <laughs> it's definitely not a one size fits all. It's, yeah very unique and you have to kind of find who you mesh with Mm -hmm. um so she recommended that I do their intensive therapy program and I was like okay well I can do that that's that will be great and what that entailed was three days a week I would go to three hours of therapy in a group session with other moms who were dealing with the same things I was dealing with and you could bring your baby they had like a playroom with um like a daycare if you wanted to my baby was so small that she would just sleep in my arms or play on the floor um so I didn't ever take her in there but other people that had older kids they would go and play and so it was really really nice to do that so I did that three days a week for three hours and then another hour 
during the week, I would have a solo therapy session. And then also another hour during the week, well, maybe like an hour and a half, we would have um, group couple therapy, which was so, so fun and so nice. Uh, I love that idea of like involving the partner. Yeah. It's not just like postpartum depression isn't just hard on the mom either. It's your husband or your, your partner is having to watch you go through this and it's really hard I know my husband had a really hard time seeing me struggle so bad and he just wanted to fix it and there wasn't really much yeah. to fix so I think they feel helpless mm-hmm. you know and yeah you don't know how to like tell them to help you because you don't even know how to help yourself almost, exactly you know? and mm-hmm. so everybody just feels really like they can't do anything for themselves anymore and it, it just can be really frustrating yes so that's awesome that they incorporate that into that therapy program yeah, it was Very so cool. fun. And it, funny enough, I our first couple therapy session, we went in and we sat down and one of the moms that I had been seeing the whole week, it was all brand new. This was my very first week. I've been seeing all week. She was just staring at my husband and I was like, that's weird. And yeah. my husband was looking at her and they both like look at each other and they're like, I know you. Do you know me? And ended up, they went to high school together. Oh, no way. And we kind of just started chatting more. And now we're the best of friends. And we go on vacations together as our families. And our babies are growing together. (laughs) So this therapy program was great. I found my amazing therapist. And I found my best friend. And How perfect. (laughs) Yes. It really, there's there's little tiny things that made the the hard journey, like, worth it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like what I <clears throat> what I would do there though we would always talk and s- talk about how you're feeling and what was going on and then we would learn all of the amazing um, skills coping skills everything that you need to um, that you need to do and that I had no idea even existed and now I use them daily and I don't know what I do without all of my therapy skills. I love it. Can you walk us through what like some of them are? Um, one of my favorite ones that I learned and that I use all the time are and statements. Okay. So instead of saying, this is hard, but it's okay. This is hard and it's okay. So it can be two things. Like pregnancy can suck and it can be amazing because you're going to get a baby at the end. My C-section was really hard and traumatic and... I was healthy afterwards, and I had a healthy baby. So instead of saying, but, you use and, and it just kind of, it changes your mindset, and it really helps. So just those little simple things. That's my favorite one that I walked away with. So Um, I did the 12 weeks of therapy. It was great. It was still had a really hard time after. Uh, They tell you once you stop your 12-week therapy, you kind of have to readjust to life of not depending on you know you just did three months of therapy like 10 hours plus a week and now all of a sudden it was gone so you kind of have to ease into life so that was a little bit of a change but once I got there I I was like wow like I feel like I can I can breathe again like I can I can be happy I was still sad sometimes but I could be happy and I ended up um realizing that working and being a mom was just not for me. So I had to quit my job, even though I still miss it to this day. But I love being at home with my kids now. So it's it was a really good change, and it was hard. 
all at the same time. I think that's really important to note because I also am in your same situation where like when I just had my second baby, I stopped working. I've been at home. It's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. But like it was just so much to try and do two children. Mm -hmm. And I worked full time with my first one and it was incredibly hard. Yes. Every mom that works, I like want to give her just the biggest round of applause because it's so hard. Yes, 100%. And and, like you're still mom. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, your job at home never stops. And so it's like you come from work to work. Yes. <laughs> Different kind of work, but, like, exhausting still the same. You know oh, what I mean? yes. And so for you to be able to say, like, for me, like, right now, this is what I need, even though, like, I love that. And it's still a passion. And, like, I'm sure you were incredible at your job. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes it gets a bad rap when people are like, oh, I had a baby and I quit my job. And yeah. I just want to, like, say, like, it's not always, like, an easy decision. Mm-mm. And people don't take it lightly. And, like, finding fulfillment in motherhood when you love the job can be difficult, too. Yes. And so, like, I don't know. I just think that's important to really, like, capitalize on. Because you went from loving your job, being fulfilled there, having a very hard adjustment to becoming a mother, mm-hmm. you know, struggling with all these postpartum things. And then your job, which was, like, this sense of probably, like, fulfillment and, like, I'm awesome. I can do something good, you know, like, is gone. Yes. And so I feel like that would probably be a difficult adjustment as well as you stopped your therapy and then were, like, full-time mom. Yeah, I did have a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. And I had to work on that. But it it got better. And, yeah, it was – it just was the right decision and – Yes, so I ended up being home, and shortly after, we were like, we're supposed to have another baby, and I was like, well, that's really soon, (laughs) because at the time, my baby was 13 months old, and I was like, I just had, like, I just, like, like, I'm I'm at the top of the mountain, like, let's let's not go back down there, (laughs) so I was like, well, and it just felt right, so we got pregnant with our little boy. And he, um, his pregnancy was pretty rough. And I'm really glad that I had all of the knowledge that I did have from my first and all the postpartum experience because his pregnancy was so hard. I had complication after complication and I still never felt depressed. And I was like, this is great. Like, I'm I'm doing really good. And I was still actively seeing my therapist to make sure she could help me stay on top of things Mm -hmm. and I talked with my doctor and we thought the benefits outweighed the risk by staying on my medication yeah Mm -hmm. um it would be better to stay on it than to kind of be back where we were after I had Mabel so we got through his pregnancy and kind of before his due date well, I was 37 weeks, and I was just feeling really crummy. I had felt crummy the past couple of weeks before, but it started to get worse. And I have chronic migraine, and so I always have a headache. And I just kept telling my doctors, like, I think this is a different headache. And I was really scared it was preeclampsia. And my mm-hmm. blood pressure would kind of fluctuate. It would never stay high, but I would get, like, every other reading would be high. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, terribly high. It would be, like, 140 over 90, which is, like, right at... It's right on the cusp. Like yes. 140 is the marker where it's, yes. like, okay, 
now you have been bumped to the pre-E. <laughs> yes. And so he was like, well, I'm not super worried about it. You don't have any protein in your urine. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you pee on the, the stick when you go into the OB. And that's what they're checking for mm-hmm. is protein. And I just was not feeling good. And I went in for my, I don't, I think it was... I was almost 38 weeks, but it was my 37-week checkup, and I talked to him, and he saw me, and he was like, you just, like, are you feeling okay? And I was like, no, I really don't feel good, like, kind of getting nauseous, I've had a stomach ache, and I, like, my head just won't, my head just hurts, Mm -hmm. and I can't take any of the medications I usually take with uh, migraines when I'm pregnant, so they kind of get out of control. But I would got used to that with my first pregnancy, and but I was like, this is just still, different. So hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you were feeling hard, like it was off. You're yes. Like, this isn't even one of those headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of checked my blood pressure, and it was a little bit higher. I went. I walked around a little bit, sat down, rested, took it again, and it was even higher still. And so he said, "Yep, you're not going home. You're having this baby today." And but you're also like, were you nervous? Were you like, are you I was like, it? oh my gosh, this is what I asked for, but like, what? <laughs> so then I had to call my husband, and he wouldn't even let me. He wouldn't let me go home. He was like, your blood pressure went higher, like mm-hmm. after resting. Like, let's. I'm not letting you go home. I was like, I didn't say goodbye to Mabel. Like, what you're do like, I do? Yeah, you're like, I can't. I have to. <laughs> and just so happened that when I had my little guy. Just for like a week in January of 2022 is when the world shut down a little bit again mm-hmm. and the hospitals closed all visitors again. And so that's when he was born? Yes. No. And I was like, I'm not having any more babies. Are <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> so I was you like, this is not happening ago. again. Like, I cannot do this. And so I was like, I kept telling my husband, I need to have this baby. I go in and my doctor's like, fulfilling my dream of, you're going to have this baby today. And I'm like, wait, no, can we wait like, a couple more I days? just kidding I don't want that anymore um so my husband came home from work he grabbed luckily this is also why you pack a bag I had all of my stuff packed and the things that I couldn't pack I had a list so my husband could just grab all the things my husband would be hopeless he would have no idea yeah I was like well he my husband was like he would not know what to grab so I wrote down things in case that happened I just had a feeling that he was going to be grabbing my stuff anyway yeah which is what happened. Amazing. So it, it is nice to be prepared. It gets stressful at the end, but definitely being prepared is makes things a lot easier. So I stayed home. I FaceTimed my daughter, and I was like, Mommy's going to have the baby. And my daughter, see, she's always been a little more mature than her age. So she was, when I had him, she was 22 months old. And she that's was just chatting away. Oh, that's like, so funny. I think Lou is... Like, he was, like, 21 and two weeks, like, months. Oh, wow. He was almost 22 months when yeah. second yeah. was born. That's crazy. Little BFFs. <laughs> so, yes, I, I love the age gap, though, now. Um, but she's I, chatting away with you. Yeah, she's, she's like, just. having babies. Yes, and like, she's so excited, and she knew what his name was because we named him Copeland, and we and she couldn't say that, so it's just Cope. So she was like, I baby Cope, baby Cope. And she was so excited. So we did that. And, of course, my mom wasn't able to be there again. And this time around, I was very prepared for this 
birth, even though I was getting induced, I was going to have a VBAC and I had had lots of conversations with my doctor about doing that. And that's having a vaginal delivery after a C-section. So, and he thought per the reasons I had a C-section with Mabel, I was a good candidate for trying to have a vaginal delivery afterwards. And I ended up to make myself feel like my mom was there we just had her on facetime the whole time so she just was there the whole time and she was able to hear the doctors and i wasn't like trying to you know send texts and be like yes it was that that's really hard and so i like that she we just kind of had the phone like in the corner of the room and she just would be able to watch and i was able like hey mom like look at this and i could just talk to her so that made it better and that was something i worked on with my therapist it's like i really want my mom involved but how can I do this when she's not going to be able to be there? And okay. so we figured out a way, and it sounds silly, but the FaceTime really saved my life because I was like, well, she's here. And so I was able to have my mom and my husband there, and I uh, was able to deliver my baby vaginally, and it was very, very fulfilling. It was yeah. amazing. And my labor was very short, especially being an induction. I only, from the time I started Pitocin to the time he came out was eight hours. And it was, wow. it that was really, really short yes. So it was really, Second really great. can be quicker, mm-hmm. like textbook. They can be a little quicker, but eight hours is like a very short time yeah. for an induction. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was a really good thing that I did get induced because when they broke my water, there was actually meconium. So it seemed like my baby was, he was, he was a little stressed and he was ready to come out. So yeah. It, it all worked out very well. And I had him, and I was able to snuggle him. And he he was a little bit harder to nurse, but after I figured out why he wasn't wanting to nurse, which he just didn't want to be wrapped in a blanket, then, I, then he nursed great. Amazing. So he was so awesome, and I stayed in the hospital for just barely 24 hours, went home, and my daughter just died when she saw this baby come in and you know it just makes I think having a second baby your heart just like for a mom it just explodes because you see your other baby loving on this new baby and it's just the sweetest thing ever so I had a really good experience with my second delivery and postpartum I did have baby blues and I was like oh no I don't want this to happen again and I tried really hard to stay on top of things making sure I was doing my self-care and I was asking for help I didn't ask for help a lot with my first but I was making sure I was I was not doing the things that seemed a little overwhelming like trying to stay on top of laundry I was like I'm just not going to worry about that like my mom and my husband did my laundry for a couple weeks and it was really really helpful because that was one thing that was stressing me out I don't know why and I just that's so real though it's like the little mundane things that you like some for some reason like hyper focus on Mm -hmm. for me it's like the dishes yes and the laundry like I can get the laundry washed but if it's not folded it like eats me yes (laughs) my husband's like chill out like we can pull clean laundry out of the basket yes it's it's okay Mm -hmm. I'm like I know it's okay but you just like your hormones just make you yes and you like I was like oh my gosh I don't remember crying this much after I had my first Mm -hmm. it was so funny 
but it was definitely a different feeling. I could tell that it was, was more of a baby blues type of okay. hormones regulating because, you know, you went from super, super high hormones to having your baby and it like just dead stop. And it, it's so hard on your body. And we yeah. need to remember that it's really hard and you need to give yourself grace because there's so much going on. You're doing so much and you need to just focus on you and your baby and, and that is it don't need to focus on the other things at least for the first couple weeks <clears throat> so I I had a really good experience once we hit two weeks I started feeling a little better and I was getting out I was walking and this time around it was really nice because I was like oh my gosh I can go on walks because after I had my c-section and laboring so long I don't think I could stand up straight for at least two weeks and so going on a walk was just non-existent for a while and this time I was like, I can walk. I put my baby in a wrap and I would take my toddler out and we would hold the thing and we would just go walking and it was so nice. So it, it just was a much better experience. And I, I think being educated was a big part of the reason why my son's pregnancy and birth and postpartum was so much better than my first because I knew more and sadly I had to kind of experience the bad to get the good but I I hate hearing it breaks my heart to hear when other moms are feeling the same way and so I'm also really happy you do this podcast because people need to to learn about these things and they don't know until you until you learn and hopefully you can learn from them by not personal experience that is the hope is I'm like yes. I hope by sharing these stories and having like wonderful people like you who come on and are willing to like open up about what you went through other people can at least know that that option like exists mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. like while not everyone will experience postpartum depression like from hearing your story they can know like oh she was experiencing these three things I'm experiencing those three things like maybe I should talk to my doctor yeah you know what I mean yeah or like I don't know, with your son's pregnancy, you said there were, like, a couple more complications, and, like, that can be very overwhelming, but to know, like, it's okay, have an open conversation with your doctor about, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not feeling well, like, this headache feels off, you know, like, you can only advocate for yourself, like, the best that you can do, Mm -hmm. but, like, you're the only one that knows you, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And, um, I think also, having had a C-section first... I think a lot of moms feel almost like a failure. That yes, 100%. But I like, always felt invalidated. Mm-hmm. After having Mabel, I was so invalidated by so many people around me. And it was it, it was honestly, I guess, annoying. Because I was like, I'm not a failure at a mom. Like, no. I, we, we have C-sections now and... They're very life-saving, honestly. Like, they save so many moms and babies now. And why, why do we have them? We, we have more successful births now. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wish that, like, the community understood that. Is mm-hmm. that, like, doctors are not out here, like, pushing for C-sections. No. They do C-sections because, like, physiologically, someone needs it. Like, their hips are too small or something. Yes. Or, like, the baby is stuck. Mm-hmm. Or the baby is desatting. Or yeah. the maternal like health is at risk yeah like there are risk factors that indicate that a c-section will 
result in a healthy mom and a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. That is why we do them. Yeah, they, they don't connected. want to do C-sections. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, when people feel invalidated in their birth because it resulted in a C-section, it makes me sad, too. Because yeah. I'm like, having a C-section doesn't take anything away from who you are or, like, Mm-mm. That you just grew that baby and that you birthed yeah. that baby and now she's here and healthy and beautiful and you're her mom. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But it also, I think, is amazing to recognize that like you didn't let that define you and say, okay, the rest of my births are going to be C-sections, which I think sometimes women do. They're like, yeah. oh, I had a C-section. I'm stuck. Like, here I go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you educated yourself on yep. what a VBAC is. And while they're not always successful, and if you have no contraindications to try it, like, they can be totally empowering mm-hmm. and, like, change your perspective 100% yes. on your experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think if you do have a C-section, you're not – I was, like – I literally had somebody say that, oh, I'm so sorry that you had – that your, your beginning of motherhood was a failure. And I was, like, are you kidding me? I I still birthed this baby. I labored. I went through yeah. so much just to like have her let alone the 9 months I carried her. Yeah. Like she 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 made me a mom and I none of the C-section was any bit of a failure. I still did something really hard, just as hard as a vaginal birth can be too. Yeah. I've done both. I see both sides. They're both hard in their own ways. And they're both kind of empowering in one way, too, because you, like, what other surgery do you have that you lay awake while they're cutting into you? And they cut in through so many layers. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize, but the uterus is extremely thick, too. So it's like there's multiple, almost multiple layers of, like, a uterus because there's, it's so big. Mm -hmm. And you literally cut through, like, your whole stomach. And then you're supposed to just be expected to get up and walk around and take care of your baby and take care of you. Yeah, That's not how it is. Yeah. And you just need to expect that C-sections are not a failure. They are, that is not what they are. And I don't want anybody to feel the way I felt because I felt like a complete failure. And that was one thing that I really had to focus on when I went to therapy was that mm-hmm. I didn't fail as a mom. I just did what any mom would do is what's best for her baby. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you talked about this for like two seconds in the <clears> beginning <throat> when we started, but especially with your background, you were like, I don't know why I didn't think like, crap, <laughs> things can change. Like mm-hmm. I had a birth plan, but like I didn't expect it to not go as planned. Yes. You know, and while I think it's important to recognize that, like, obviously everything is not in your control. Mm-hmm. And, like, your body will do its thing and your baby comes into the world how they want to. Yes. I really believe that they are their own little people that are just oh, like, I'm yeah. coming this way, Mom. Like, <laughs> good luck, you know. But um, I think I always say this, but I just love that you could still come in with preferences and say, like, these are things that I would love to have happen. And, like in retrospect, be able to recognize, like, yeah, they did not go to fruition, but, like, I think birth plans, I just advocate for them every time I hear people yes. that are, like, it's okay to have preferences, because I feel like a lot of people come in kind of undereducated about mm-hmm. all the things they can do. In yeah, 100%. Birth. And so, 
just like <clears throat> again opening that conversation early on with your doctors about like things you want things you don't want mm-hmm. it can really help create like a birth environment that will be fulfilling to you in the end you know yeah yeah I started my six-week appointment with my second pregnancy saying this is what I this is what I really want to have in the end and what I really wanted to focus on was trying to get a v-back but what I really wanted was I wanted to hold my baby after at at the time I didn't know after he or she was born Mm -hmm. I really and I didn't get to do that with Mabel and I really that was what was really hard on me I was like I didn't advocate for myself to hold my baby I should have you know and I understand the anesthesiologist was doing what he thought was best for me by giving me this medication but it just totally knocked me out Mm -hmm. and I really wish I would have just made it really clear that I just wanted to hold my baby that's what all I've that's what I've wanted for nine months Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to hold her so that's what I said when I went into my induction which we didn't know if it was going to work or not Mm -hmm. that all I wanted to do was hold my baby I just wanted to hold him after he's born whether it be a VBAC or a c-section I just wanted to hold him and that was our focus and my nurse wrote that on the board skin to skin like hold baby as soon as possible and and that's what I did. And it was, it definitely, like, my one goal that I had was achieved was just holding him. And even though I held him for maybe about a minute, he had to be taken back to be checked on because he was, um, he's actually just a quiet kid, but he wasn't crying, but he's really okay. still been. He's just quiet. Anyway. Yes, he's just he's a like, quiet Mom, guy. I'm just coming. I'm just quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> but I still was able to hold him. And I kind of. I kind of think that also you go in with a birth plan, but I think you also need to be open-minded about your birth plan as well. Because I went in not with an open mind with Mabel and everything I felt like was not achieved. And I should have just gone in saying, you know, I really just want to have this baby and I wanted, you know, and just kind of go in. I kind of should have just gone in with one goal, which is what I went in with, with Copeland. I went in with, I just want to hold him when he's born. And so we we did that, and I felt like I I just achieved everything I ever wanted, and I just felt so much better by making sure that I had advocated for myself, and that I I was just kind of talking, like making sure that my voice was heard because I did not do that with my daughter, and I don't I don't know if it's my personality, but I didn't realize how how much you can advocate for yourself in a medical stance and saying like this is what I want and this is what I need to do and this is what I really want my doctor to do for me so I think that's also really important to know going into having a baby because it's a big deal and it's a big life event and you want it to be really special so just make sure you advocate for yourself I think I love that well Kenzie you've shared so many things and your journey is honestly incredible to see everything that you've gone through that's kind of shaped you into the mother you are today Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing if there was like one last piece of advice or anything that you could give a new mother that's going to be heading into this journey (laughs) what would it be um I would say like kind of like what I've already said like go in with a plan but be open-minded about it because things change and Change is really hard for me, but I've learned that if you just go in thinking you kind of control the things that you can control, then anything that's out of your control doesn't feel like it's a slap in the face. 
Not only were Kenzie's experiences absolutely amazing, but I think that she just gave us so many tidbits of wisdom that we can apply into any aspect of your life, no matter what your women's health journey looks like right now. If you're pregnant, if you're going into birth, if you're a mother, if you're just a woman trying to like take it a day at a time. Kenzie literally just gave us the life hack. You guys, we can't control everything. And when things change, it's okay. It's okay when things don't go as planned. But that does not mean that we can't prepare ourselves. We can't educate ourselves as best we can and create our preferences and work towards our goals and do everything we can to create a successful environment for ourselves. That is incredible. Kenzie took it upon herself to get into therapy and now she has this bag of coping skills that she can literally dip into anytime she needs. It has helped her become a better mother. It has helped her feel like she has control over things in her life. And that is so empowering. I am so motivated just hearing her story to go and be better myself, to make goals and to do things every day to recognize the little wins and help myself feel successful. Because sometimes life is hard and it can be hard to recognize that like when things feel out of control, there are still good things that are happening. So I challenge you today to pick something that you count as a win, something that's positive, whatever it be for you, and just take a second, stand with it, and recognize that you are awesome because that's the vibe that I am feeling today and Kenzie just made us all feel better because of her incredible story. So I hoped you loved it as much as I did. If you're not already, follow us along on Instagram at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode. Mm-hmm.